am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. For the final time, it's the Ashes Daily. We're on the Oval. We're at the Oval. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon for Seabus Super, the industry super fund which has consistently hit your retirement for six and will continue to hit your retirement for six after the end of this long and eventful English summer. The final day thereof, Jeff, you can tell us all about in 30 seconds. We're at the Oval, we're on the Oval, we're in the Oval. The Oval is around us, it's all happening. Uh, the Oval has got around us and that's what Ovals <laughs> do. 30 seconds, all right. Have a go. Australia lost. <laughs> the series is two all. It's a draw. It's an anticlimactic draw. Uh, Australia, well, they did their best once a few wickets had fallen. The top two fell cheaply. Steve Smith couldn't do it again. Caught at leg slip for 23. And then Matthew Wade said, no, I'm not going quietly because he never does anything quietly. He bashed 100. His highest score, 117 he made. It was exciting. Had a great duel with Joffre Archer in the afternoon session, but eventually was out to the spin of Joe Root. And the tail fell quickly in Australia. Lost by 135 runs within four days after botching this test match dramatically to draw the series. Yeah, it looks like it was going to end an awful lot earlier too when Australia yet again lost their openers for not many at all. David Warner um, made 95 runs in the series in Oof. 10 innings, which means yeah. that he averaged 9.5. No one has made fewer runs batting 10 times in a series ever, which is remarkable <laughs> when you consider his prolific career at the top of the list, when you consider how motivated he was coming back into this side, when you consider the World Cup he had and the form he was in rolling into the Ashes. So, I still can't quite believe the way it's gone from him. Today he actually got a snarling delivery from Stuart Broad. Not always been that way. He looked for just the briefest moment like he might have flicked a switch a couple of moments before he got out. He hit a couple of lovely cover drives. But it, there, there is just, it's just going to go down as one of those series that we can't believe happened for him, I think. It's gonna, it will go down as a complete write-off. It's a McGrath-Atherton series. It, it's, yep. a, it's a lion Moen Alley series. It's a, it's a nightmare. He once made more than 95 runs within two hours of the start of a yeah. test match in Sydney against Pakistan. He made 100 before lunch. He's made a century in a session twice in yeah. test cricket. He, yeah. he hasn't made a century in 10 innings in this match. And in one of them, he made 61. Yeah. So the others combined, he, he hasn't made 40 runs. It's been an extraordinary domination from Stuart Broad, who's got him seven times. I think that equals the record for one bowler against one batsman in a series, seven times in a series. And he's got the lowest aggregate of any opener who's played 10 innings in a series ever in and, the history of test cricket. And then you've got Stephen Smith, who falls to the leg gully position, as you mentioned, off the top in the intro. I mean, finally the leg trap worked. They use a leg gully and a leg slip several times to Smith through the course of the series, yeah. but at long last it finally uh, paid dividends. The thing about the leg slip is they've tried that so many times. <laughs> they've, they've put a bloke there for, I would like to know the cumulative number of hours someone has stood at leg slip <laughs> for Steve Smith. Just just grazing bovine like in the field, doing nothing, just watching the ball go by to the boundary once in a while. He's been caught there three times in his career, but Brad Sanderation worked it out. The last time's like 100 innings ago type thing. It's right. such a long time ago since it actually worked. Yeah. But, you know, today it did 
And, and it was a good catch. He was diving away to yeah. the left. Stokes took it and, and they went up and it was 23, the same score he made at Derby. And I thought he batted a bit like Derby today. Right. He wasn't quite there. He was a bit loose. He, was, he tried to whack Jack Leach down the ground and nearly hold out to long on. He nearly chipped one to mid off. He just didn't look himself. And, and I, I, I think I was on the Guardian OBO and I said, he's not going to make a big score today. He doesn't look right. And, and I feel like I can read Steve Smith now. <laughs> I know what Steve Smith is doing. I know how he's feeling. I was the other way based on the way that he got off the mark. That back foot cover drive where he barely moved an inch in his crease after shuffling across to about mm. the ninth stump before the ball was bowled. I can't believe the way... I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but the quirky Steve Smith stuff has got more and more dramatic with every innings. And today when he was facing Stuart Broad, I was watching him close up with the binoculars. He was yeah. moving his foot to at least six stump three or four metres before Broad even reached the crease. I mean, it's just new levels of, uh, uh, you know, unconventional technique. And, and it, I mean, mm. of course, it didn't work today. But across the series, we've seen something special. And you know what? Perhaps the most gratifying thing watching the arc of Steve Smith was the way he left the field. Yes, there were a few very tiny-minded types that still booed. I, I gather there was one person in the pavilion that turned their back. Good on you, champion. Yeah. But the rest of the ground, as one, rose and acknowledged what was a, just an unbelievable series. Yes, players have made more than 774 Not runs many. in a series before. I mean, but it has happened. Um, probably players will again. But the way he did it, to top score in all but one innings, and, and that was the last innings of the match when it was, you know, chasing 399, it was all but over. Mm. Um, to think the way that he batted through after that head injury at Lords to bounce yep. back with a double hundred at Manchester, the way that he, even those declaration runs he made at Manchester when he was playing the tennis bat shot and all the rest of it, we saw everything from Smith in the space of seven innings. And yeah, I think that's something that we're going to talk about mm. for a really long time. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm glad the, the Oval crowd re- received it that way when he walked off. Yeah. Can I get, I'll give a quick wrap of players who have uh, scored more in, in innings. Well, I don't know them all off the top of my head, but there are, there are 12 instances. Yep. The list is like a list of the greats. It's Sobers, it's Everton Weeks, three of them are Bradman, yep. um, Len Hutton, or Hutton or Hammond? Hammond, I always get them Hammond 905. They start yeah. with H. Um, Taylor in 89. Ta- Mark Taylor. Gower in 85. No, no. Did he get Gower, Gower in Gower. He got rid Gower of him. Gower was 732. Oh. Gower's um, finished on TV today and, he's, yep, and his yep. record's gone as well. Um, he equalled Sonny Gavaska in 1971 when, yep. when Sonny went to India uh, and debuted and made 400s and was ridiculous. He made 774 uh-huh. as well. So there were only 12 ahead of him. Three of them were Bradman. Out of those, only three of them were from as many or fewer innings. Right. So two of the Bradmans was from seven innings and Everton Weeks was from five innings. Amazing. Um, and, and Smith was from seven. So everyone else who's got more than him played more tests or played more innings. Yeah, it just felt different. I was writing about this a couple of days ago. Like, even though he batted comparably in 17-18 with runs, I think he might have made 70 or 80 more runs collectively, something like that. But not even that much more. It was seven... 759 or 769? Right, so he, he made more runs this time than just. last time, but only just, but we weren't talking this way no. uh, two years ago. No. We weren't saying, it wasn't as visceral an experience. Yeah. It was about it was something about the way we were observing it. Maybe it was yeah. the, the contribution of the ban and the time away from the game and the head knock, but yeah, it was, it was an astonishing display. And yes, he, he wasn't a massive contributor, but given it's the last podcast, it's worth having one more little flourish, one more little frolic about one SPD more, Smith. One more beating heart. But someone uh, on Twitter was saying, they were very disappointed the other day because we spoke about Steve's Smith and I did not say Stephen Peter Devereaux Smith, so that's for you if you were waiting for that. He's well, we've 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 probably, we've probably just said enough. So it was two for bugger all again. Marcus Harris failed again. Um, odds we'll see Marcus Harris in the home summer. Not great. How about the cartwheeling? I mean, Stuart Broad's done a lot of stuff this summer, but getting the, the stump to cartwheel all yeah. the way back to Johnny Bear. So then. 
then Ben Stokes picking it up and knocking it back in while the rest of the team was celebrating as if to say, we didn't care anyway, buddy. We knew we were going to get you. Oh, I quite like the body language there early on. Yeah. Some people have been asking us too that we, we haven't talked about whether Warner should still be in the side, um, which is fair enough that we they should ask that. But I just don't think you can say that he's done because he's had a bad series. No, you know, that's just not how can, it works. Players have bad series from time to time. The, I think the thing Even about dreadful dropping, series. The thing about dropping players and leaving players out is you do it when you're trying to work out if they can play test cricket or yep, not. Yep. That's when you that's when you might give someone three or four tests and then say, well, it's not worked out because you don't know if they can do it. David Warner, you do know that he can do it. You know, he's one statistically one of Australia's greatest ever batsmen already, you know, and he could play for another four or five years. Who knows? Yeah, and there's another point to this. The other time you get rid of a player who's had a terrible series is when at the, the very tail end of their career, but we've already seen evidence in this English summer and at the IPL. I know it's a different format, but we've seen recently he still can do it. Yeah. It's just the, a combination of, I guess, Michael Vaughan made the point, not a single catch went down off him. He's had no luck. He's played some terrible shots. He's got what seems to be a lack of confidence. Yeah. He's tried to change the way he's played innings to innings. It's a confluence of things which have meant that he's had the worst series ever for an opener. But mm. it's not as though you go back in Australia with the Kookaburra ball on flat, soft Australian... Or flat, not flat, soft pitches, but, you know, um, uh, uh, featherbed pitch true, true bounce Yeah, pitches. very true Australian tracks. I mean, there's no reason why Warner won't clean up at Brisbane in two months' time. It's the kind of player yeah. um, that he has been. He's tended to do really well right. in good Australian conditions. Or so if he doesn't in that home summer, that's when you start asking sure. questions about whether he's cooked. But yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't decide that someone's cooked on the basis of maybe he can't play in England, maybe he never will. He, he'll probably won't get back here for another Ashes series. Well, but. he didn't make a run in India uh, in 2017, and it was yeah. a similar series. He may have made a few more runs collective, cumulatively over the four test matches than he it wasn't quite as disastrous, but he, but he barely got out of first gear. Then he went to Bangladesh in very, very tough spinning conditions and made two of his best hundreds. So, you know, we will see, but mm. it's not time to completely write him off. But it was a telling moment today when, again, he got a great ball from Stuart Broad, which is going to happen when you're in bad nick, you get yeah. great balls. It's, it's, it's the way cricket is. Well, also, it's, it's that if you're opening the batting, you're only going to be fo- facing... If a bowler has it over you, as an, he's yeah. the opening bowler, you're the opening batsman, you're never going to face anyone else. You know, yep. if you're coming out at six and someone's got the wood over you, they can bring that bowler on, but that bowler might have just finished a spell. You know, the, if, you're, if, if Pat Cummins has got Joe Root on the ropes... Cummins might just have bowled seven overs. He yep. maybe can't come on and bowl to Joe Root for another hour. So Joe Root's got time to bat against someone else or something like that. If you're Warner, you will be facing the bowler who's monstering you every time you play. Seven out of ten times Broad got yeah. Warner in the series. And it must have been Warner. That's rather Broad ended up collecting 12 wickets in the first ten overs of innings across the series. I reckon that must be the yep. stat. They averaged 14 in opening partnerships across the they journey. They highest today. It was 18. And, and you've got, and, and you got to say, I mean, a selection that we didn't talk an awful lot about at the time when he was dropped, but Bancroft did bat for 110 minutes at Lords. I've come back to that a couple of times as a right-hander. Yeah. Broad was purpose-built to bowl to the left-handers this series. Something clicked. Archer, it worked really nicely too, certainly in, in earlier test matches. So, mm. I don't know. And Joe Burns sat at home and threw onion rings at the television. Yeah, I mean, Joe Joe Burns and Bancroft, we we said Burns at the time was extremely unlucky not to be on the tour, uh, and he was, because I I Mm. suspect he would have got an opportunity. And maybe maybe he wouldn't have made any more, you never know. But it seemed seemed like the wrong call at the time, and it certainly wasn't the the right call backing it up. Um, Manus couldn't do it again. He got a really good ball from Jack Leach. He He just dragged him out of his crease, just lifted the back toe a touch, and Johnny Bairstow the first stumping. stumping. The first stumping of the series, you believe on the last day on the last day um and and mitch marsh sad to report couldn't do it i 
really wanted to see him make some runs in this match just to back up what he'd done with the ball. Uh, wasn't able to do it. He made 24. He was out to Joe Root, fended it away. Back yeah, catch. I think the thing that'll disappoint Mitch uh, most about that was for the second time in the test match, he got through the hard part. I don't know how many balls he faced. And today, he got a reprieve. He was out of a no ball. He was out of a no ball. I mean, how, how, many, how many balls did he face? You got it on the uh, card 67. there? 67. So, you know, you talk about the first 30 balls, which he did get out early um, when Chris Wokes overstepped. Wokes' his first no ball of his career, I should add. But still, you know, you get lucky in cricket. That's the way it goes. But twice he's done that. Twice he's got in. Once on Friday and once on Sunday. And on both occasions, he's got yeah. out in that in-between period, which has been a bit of a habit of Mitchell Marsh at test level. He often has actually got through that tough bit only to fall on 20-odds. So mm. he'll be gutted about that, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but I do, though, I do think that there is a chance we'll get an opportunity at the start of the summer against Pakistan at number six in terms of wanting to have that extra bowling option. It's a long summer again. It always is in Australia. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if they stick with that rather than just having four bowlers. They, they mm. don't usually like playing four bowlers in Australia. And when the fourth wicket fell, when Smith was out, it was uh, four for 85 and we thought this could all be over pretty yep. quickly. <laughs> and then Matthew Wade said, no, I'm going to have some fun. And he did. It was it was exhilarating stuff, really. He charged the spinners a lot. He drove through the, the offside. He went over the onside. Side, um, and then he got into a real scrap with Joffre Archer. He made it through the tea break with pain, and then after tea, he Archer came at him hard, oh, yeah. and Wade really went back at them. The two Hobart Hurricanes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hurricane to hurricane, I, I they like had that. a they had a real love affair out there. It was a real ding dong when you consider that Wade was sledging Archer fairly relentlessly last week at Old Trafford and all the rest of it, and Pate, or rather Wade was um, in strife with Ian Chapel this morning on TV back at home and all the rest of it. Um, Wade walks out and. You've got to say, if Wade, fail, if Wade falls first ball today, his spot for the first test is, you know, under a fair degree of threat or danger. But yeah. by contrast, he comes out and plays confidently. He used his feet a remarkable amount to the spinners. From the get-go, really, his defensive approach against Leach was to come down the track. And let's remember, he got out to Leach dancing mm. a week ago at Old Trafford, and he yep. was heavily criticised for that. So it takes some guts to stick with the plan, even if it failed a week ago and look he he was 60 odd when Archer started that spell after so it was an 8 over stint and it didn't take long did it he hit him for 6 off a top edge he hit him for 4 behind point and then Archer like the, the, the switch was flicked as we saw at Lords whatever it was 4 or 5 weeks mm. ago and suddenly he was bowling consistently above 90 2 balls above 95 not just bounces either balls in that rib cage awkwardly he hit yeah. um, Pat Cummins first ball and he was on a king pair on the arm he hit Wade on the gloves once hit him on the shoulder another time he was wasn't sledging him he was walking all the way up and mm. staring at him I mm. loved it he rolled the ball back at Wade at one point at the end yep. of an over like it was all happening so it was like we we had I was writing on Twitter at the time something to the effect of we've had so many crazy moments on Sundays this summer all the way back to Bangladesh knocking off I don't even off. know what day of the week it is yeah well I promise season. you it was it, it you're is always Sunday. saying oh this happened on Friday I'm like what's Friday <laughs> talk it day two day three day four well, I understand I, I remember at the World Cup we were at this ground back in the start of June on the first weekend where this was the ground where Bangladesh knocked off South Africa against all expectations got it going and it was of was course the Sunday? Sunday of the World Cup final you can't forget that you'd know that the World Cup final was on a Sunday it was the Sunday it leads okay. a couple of weeks ago it was the Sunday last week when Australia okay. nearly held on rather England nearly held on so all these Sundays have, uh, have punctuated the summer and I just kind of thought maybe Wade's going to get out the other end of this and go on and lead Australia to sort of seven for 300 odd at stumps with 100 to come back for tomorrow and we have like an amazing sort of finale but it wasn't to be he got to 117 but between 100 and then there was two wickets to fall I think it was 
Cummins then settled and Wade was the eighth to go and the bowlers fell in the space of about five minutes and it was game over by about quarter past six. So we never actually went into red time, if you like, where the umpires allow an extra half an hour. But yep. a fine innings from Matthew Wade, as you said, the way that he had to get through that incredibly tough period against Archer. It was reminiscent of his first Test 100 back in Dominica, I think it was, in 2012 when he did it really tough and got out the other end. So it's his highest Test score. I mean, credit to him. He's not always the easiest cricketer to like, but uh, the numbers speak for themselves in, in the first and last Test match. I'm sure he'll keep his spot. Siddle was not out. I can't believe you've just given Peter Siddle out. Oh, he was, he was Siddle not out, was he? I thought he was it was not out. He played a couple of glorious <laughs> shots through the covers. He, uh, he looked good. No, it was Wade who, who got out with... There were two to fall after Wade. But, um, Hazelwood and Lyon, it must have been. Yeah, who, who fell in quick succession after Wade was out. But there was a point where... So they were 155 behind just before Cummins got out. Yep. And he thought, Wade batting with Cummins, 155. He's looking all right. He got to, But he really slowed down when he got to 99 and started thinking about yeah, the 100. Yeah. And, that, and I think the momentum went out of the innings there because after he got to the 100, yeah, he moved on to 117. But there were two chances, two chances in quick succession. Yeah. DRS chance as well. No, there was a stumping that was missed by Bairstow. Yep. And then there was a catch missed by Root at slip very next ball. And he yep. thought, he's not long for this world here. And then he danced again at, at Root. He'd been doing it to Leach all right, but Root gets more bounce uh, and was able to bounce one past him. And uh, eventually... Eventually, Matthew Wade was brought undone, stumped Bairstow, bold route. Two stumpings on the yeah. last day after yeah. none in the series, 117. And as you say, it's hard, hard to be fond of him sometimes because he's just so, he's a, a bristle brush. He's, he's, you know, he fetishises unpleasantness as part of his cricket and it's not really something that, um, that jives particularly well with me. But Yeah, I mean, it's not my bag either usually. I mean, when you talk to him one-to-one, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, I think before maybe it was Leeds, maybe it was Manchester, and, you know, you kind of want him to succeed when you're one-on-one because yeah. he's a really quite nice, gentle yeah. kind of fellow. It's something about that, you know, it's cliched, but white line fever, he gets out there, he feels like his job is to beat that guy yeah. even when the chat is abysmal, mm. abysmal chat, but yep. he, he persists. He doesn't care what people think, evidently. Right. Um, but well, really, his job is with the bat, isn't it? I mean, he also doesn't change what he does. Like, he has the big wallop and nearly gets stumped and it gets missed. And so then he has another one and gets dropped and slipped. <laughs> it's like the, the future, the past doesn't exist. Matthew Wade is the bloke from Memento. He wakes up every morning with, with like, uh, something tattooed, tattooed on his body saying, tell someone that they're a see you next Tuesday. He's like, all right, I will. Off he goes. And, and <laughs> Who does was it that? All That's again. an Australian actor, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, uh, and 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 the bloke, the other bloke whose name I can't remember, who's in lots of stuff, but you always forget his name. He's one of those one of those great actors. One of those guys, eh? One of those great actors. Nonetheless, uh, they were they were roasted quickly in the end. One one last week, we, we had a, a, a flourish about Smith. We should have one, just a real quick one about Archer as well. Um, Smith, well, I was going to say series. player of the day for yeah. me was Joffrey. He didn't well, take a that. wicket. He yeah. didn't take a wicket, but that spell was. Once again, box office, absolute box office cricket. Everyone in the ground was paying attention. When the scoreboard started flashing up his speeds after every ball, so good. He, they flashed up the 95. The crowd went wild for it. They were Every time he bowled a bouncer, it was, whoa, every time he, he pitched up and Wade defended. You know, and Wade played him really well. It was tough bowling. Like you said, he got hit. Um, there was The staring stuff was hilarious because they were doing the glares. Yeah. And I think Archer then realised it was comical. So at one point when Wade was really giving him daggers, Archer just stood there at the end of the over just stayed there for about 30 seconds and went mm, yeah yeah what yeah what yeah what and, and then eventually left and I was like 
they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. They get like they were getting so close that I thought like those memes where you cut out the space between them and make two right. people kiss. That was yeah. going to happen. But like the grill of the helmet was going to be the only thing stopping that. It was so passionate. It was so intense. I wouldn't have been surprised. I just want to say about Archer that I think he is already embracing the villain thing a bit in terms of Australian players and to an extent, I suppose, Australian fans watching at home. I don't think he minds an awful lot. Um, but don't get too sucked into that if you're listening to this. Like. Um, he, that's just part of the that's just part of the gig being a fast bowler. Uh, I don't think he thinks he's the greatest bowler of all time and is carrying this huge chip on his shoulder or anything. He's just very good at cricket. He's very fast, and from time to time he can bowl extremely potent spells. And one of those was today. You know, he took six wickets in the first innings. He was player of the match. But more broadly, looking at the series as a whole, the four Test matches he played in, can you remember a more exciting? entry to international cricket. There may have been, but I can't think of any in my mm. time covering the sport. So that, that's an extremely exciting prospect for what will be two and a half years' time when England next visit Australia. If Archer has a series the one the, like the one he has had here on the flat Australian tracks, if he can make the Kookaburra talk, well, that'll be fascinating too. So well done, Joffre Archer, for his performances across the Test Series. He was player of the match today. And Ben Stokes won the other Compton Miller medal. I think they hand out one to either side. I can't remember how they do it. Either way, Justin Langer said that Stokes was the they, player. They have a player of the series from each team. I'm the like you're, you're the England player of the series Sorry, and right. the Australian yep. player of the series, but the Australian player of the series won the medal for the overall. I see. Well, that was obviously Stephen Smith winning the overall, but Stokes won the award from Justin Langer, um, who was very grumpy, I should add, when they yeah. were doing those presentations. Uh, but anyway. It's just for a change. Uh, just for a change. He didn't like um, the idea they were celebrating. Well, I'm sure he didn't mind them celebrating, but he, he had a frown on his face when they were. Ooh, yeah. lifting the replica urn and, and, and all the rest of it after having the, the shared trophy, oh, which is a bit odd that he, moment. He had a look on his face where, you know, if it were a late train and I'd jumped on and he was sitting in the far corner, I would go to a different <laughs> carriage. Like, you know, he he had a look on his face like he knows where your kidneys are and he knows how to find them with a toothbrush <laughs> handle. It was not good. Uh, so, not good. so Stokes finishes with that gong again. You know, we're going to look back at this series in 10 or 20 years' time and we're going to talk about Smith, we're going to talk about Archer and we're going to talk about that one day when Ben Stokes Played in innings for the ages and that like one day in September. <laughs> was it August? It was probably August, <laughs> okay. but it doesn't matter. But the idea that you know you wouldn't say that about the 2013 Ashes series or perhaps even the 2015 series. The fact that we've no. got kind of three huge defining moments and talking points and all the rest of it. Yeah. I think that's what ma- what's made this such a a brilliant series to cover and be part of and the, the, the 2-2 result seems fair if I was giving uh, my Hall of Fame and we should move to that because I might yep. we have to file this soon. Uh, for mine it was the England administrators or whoever decided to put above the um, the sponsors logo series drawn so it wasn't like Australia retains I think it was a bit of a yeah. a bit of a, 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 a retort of sorts for the, the, the fists in Sydney a couple of years ago. Fists the crew and all Fists and fingers and yeah. this time around it just simply said so all the photos with Australia holding the trophy will say series drawn rather than something about them you know retaining the urn or something like that so I wonder where the Australia wins Mm. Um, they must have had one of those down in the basement David Tickner made the point that when they had the the fist and the fingers someone found the 3-1 and the 3-0 we found them in the breezeway found them in the breezeway yeah so somewhere underneath the oval perhaps in the Ken Barrington uh, uh, centre over on the other side of the ground there is an Australia win sign uh, which I'm going to try and find before we leave the ground tonight like when we found the Shane Watson banners um, banners after the Champions Trophy a couple of years 
years I'm ago. Gonna, I'm going to have mine own. framed, put it up on the wall. It's a life-size <laughs> Watto. Um, why not? We never actually put that on social media, but yes, we can probably say it now. We do indeed have... Statute that, of limitations has expired. Yeah, it has. We stole two life-size Shane Watson, what would you call them, drapes? Yeah. One from the 2000 and Who Cares Champions Trophy and one from the 2000 and Who Cares Champions Trophy where Watto was yeah. player of the series twice and we have both of them. Mm, well, they're, 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 <laughs> if only he were here today. Oval hundreds by Australian players in matches that maybe don't seem that important. Shane Watson and Matthew Wade. Um, I would say my, yep. whole, my Hall of Fame nomination would be the four seconds Australia spent on the stage after they got their <laughs> urn presentation because, you know, you've retained the ashes. They got the urn, they got a bottle of champagne, they had to spray it for the cameras and it was like, hey, and then they wandered off. Like, how kind of galling and weird. You've been flogged by 135 runs and then you have to go and celebrate. It was so flat. It was so weird. I've had, I've had some people pushing back already saying I should be more cheerful because retaining the ashes is good. And yeah, it's good. And I suppose if Australia were 2-1 down and they'd won here and retained, it would have felt like a, a victory. Yeah. But it wasn't because they had a great chance at Headingley to win the series and they botched it. And they had a great chance here to at least draw. They just needed a draw. They have Steve Smith who's made 16 centuries in the first innings of a test match. And, to and they said, we're going to have you bat last, champion, where you averaged 31 in the fourth innings yeah. and you made 23. So they wasted their, their comparative advantage, their one massive advantage, they wasted it. Um, they dropped their catches. They weren't switched on. They dropped catches in both innings. They batted poorly in their first innings. It's not just about the toss. It's about everything they did in the match. And they, um, they effed it. Yeah, I, I guess you, you often have a winning draw and a losing draw in yeah. cricket or in football and in a lot of different sports. And it felt like just the way it played out... To, it wasn't a draw match, but because England won, they, they felt like they won the draw, sort of, and they didn't really, yeah. but it, it felt that way a little bit today at the end. In much the same way that... No, sorry, in not the same way at all, come to think of it. Four years ago, when yeah. England um, lost the last test to Australia, but they'd yep. won 3-2, different story. It was it was a, quite a scene here. But it was I still kind being, of flat, because they were still celebrating having been flogged. No, 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 but I, just, I guess on the whole, I remember the, the, yeah. the punters being quite up for the idea right. of the, the stage. I got a photo of the Australians, yeah. Shane Watson with his shoulder slumps. So I took a photo yeah, yeah. of him, because he knew he'd never come to England again for a test series. And it was like the end of an era for a series of Australian players. It didn't have that feel about it today, not at all. But, but all the same, it, for a series that is been really special and a summer that's been even more special again it was a tiny bit anticlimactic but let's not end it on that note let's end it on the note of saying that what a great time it's been doing this podcast all the way through the world cup all the way through the ashes the weekly shows as well but this idea of going daily was a little bit daunting when we came Oof, up with the idea wasn't it? Uh, i did a little bit of arm twisting with you initially you're like every day i'm like yeah every, every day. day it's going to be every day i don't day. do everything anything every day but i we, don't even eat every day some days i forget you know <laughs> oh, i don't know if i can subscribe to that anyway uh, but the idea that we had to come and back it up every day of the world cup I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back but just more that it was an incredible amount of support we received along the way i don't know exactly how many people have listened to the show across both but it's getting to a million. Uh, it's in that ballpark across the two, uh, World Cup and, and the Ashes, and that's a ridiculous number. And that only works because people tell their friends. I mean, we, yes, we had the t-shirt offer the last that's couple of weeks. The last week, but though. that's only the last week. We've had an incredible amount of support around the world, not just in Australia, not just in England, but around the cricket universe. Those that love the game and love the sport and have enjoyed what we've done at night. So thank you so so <laughs> desperately to those that have made this worthwhile. Um, those 
those who have enjoyed what we've done at night. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, exactly. And, and also... <laughs> who we've met along the way about cricket touring life. Thank absolutely. you to you all. Thank you to those who stepped in and were sub-hosts at different times. Daniel Norcross did it a couple of times. I think Izzy Westbury stepped in one day too. Thank you to them. Thank you to Seabus Super. I mean, good, you know, they backed us in in the UAE last year for the, uh, for the Australia-Pakistan test, which I can't mm. believe nearly a year ago. But when I picked up the phone to them, they're like, absolutely no worries. Let's work something out. They yep. backed us in. They get the importance of test cricket. They understood why the World Cup mattered and they wanted to be involved and they made this financially viable as did our Patreon subscribers. So there are a slew of thank yous, but I mean, most of all, we're just, you know, grateful and, and thrilled that it all works so nicely. Yes, I will say that uh, CBUS, they're about members, not about shareholders. That's good. CBUSSuper.com.au. <laughs> you can see if they can help you out with your superannuation. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. I will <laughs> Get also- a PDS. Get a PDS. Get it in website. a PDF. Get a PDS in a PDF uh, on the website. Also... <laughs> The final word isn't finished no. because we keep going. We have our weekly show, which we've been doing for five years. Weekly is sometimes euphemistic, but you know it's it's at, at periods of time. Which, it, will, which it, will, it will continue to be weekly. Uh, we, we made that promise at the start of the year, and you know what? I reckon we just about kept to it. So we're going to continue sometimes. sticking with the weekly episodes through the rest of yep. 2019 and beyond because you know it works. People like it. We're going to keep doing it. Yeah, porque no los dos. Um, <laughs> we we will continue. So keep an ear on that feed. We'll see what we do in future and there are uh, lots of other bits and, and pieces we've just started a youtube channel so you can look us up on there and subscribe to that um we've we're doing a little soft launch if we put a uh, a film that we've made up today that you can go and check out that cameron fink our ace videographer has made with us um, so there are lots of things happening in, into the future with final word Productions. I don't know. It's not actually a business, but no. we'll see. We'll, well, see. well, the video. Yeah, go and go and have a look at the YouTube page. If you, you know, we haven't. We yeah. know that most people that use YouTube are considerably younger than Jeff and I. But we also know that people love YouTube. So why wouldn't we be there as well? This mockumentary of sorts is very, very funny. Cam's a genius, and we're thrilled that he's been on board as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's out there. If you want to get involved and stay updated, you can go to patreon.com slash the final word. You can sign up there to support the podcast and keep us going and see what kind of adventures we can get into next. What a ride, Adam. Thank you for everything, Adam. Thank you, Jeff. It's been a a wild, wild season. It's been a whole lot of fun. Uh, And all that feedback we've had from everyone enjoying the show has been the thing that's kept us going. We're very grateful for it. Yeah. And uh, and thanks to RSN in Melbourne for putting the podcast on the radio waves every uh, every morning as they've done throughout the um, English summer of cricket. Adam White at RSN, Razia, Via and Peter at Seabus Super. I should name check all of those people. If not, Again, it, it's a big project yep. over a long period of time. There's a lot of people supporting it behind the scenes and they've all been magnificent. And so. uh, Jay Mueller and DC who edit the podcast and put it out every morning at That's the final filthy, hours, you, <laughs> filthy hours in Melbourne, like 4am most of the time. Well, let's let, you very know, grateful we, to them. We, we can indulge here. They've been getting up legitimately at 4am for every single edition every, every of the World Cup day. Daily <laughs> and every single edition of the Ashes Daily. Think about that for a moment. Think about the amount of times you've heard the Seabus the music when you've opened your podcast feed in the morning. Jay and DC have been up for two hours before that making sure it's ready to roll. <laughs> Just consider that. It's amazing to be part of the Bad Producer Productions family yep. uh, as well and you know sprinklers are on want to get playing the sprinklers which is probably a sign I'm going to take my shirt off I'm taking it off, off right now you can't hear this the on the final podcast but the shirt's time coming off this has been the Ashes Daily Final Word Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon thank you so dearly to Seabus Super the industry fund hitting your retirement for six keep your ears open and keep your eyes open as well for the weekly show which will come out in a couple of days we cannot wait to do it all again soon can't stop won't stop See you on the internet. Good night. So you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you.
Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.